beautiful Ashland, Oregon. I am Pleiadian Emissary of Light, Caroline Ra. Thank you all for joining with us today. Welcome to Spirit of the Dawn. When I first began researching my guest today, Erica Buenaflor, I was struck by her vibrancy, her generosity, the love and wisdom that emanated from her, and her brilliance as a multi-generational healer in the Curanderismo tradition. I wanted to jump into her colorful world and learn new techniques for connecting with spirit, moving energy, healing people and spaces. And then I realized that to become so bright a light, Erica must have gone through something very difficult and very challenging. And there it was in her bio, a catastrophic accident that left her in a wheelchair for almost a year and caused her to dig deep down into her essence as a healer and, a, and as a curandera to heal herself. Eric and I will be discussing her journey that led her in a new and authentic direction in her recently released first book, Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo Olympias Espirituales of Ancient Mesoamerican Shamans. Her book details the history of Mesoamerican shamanism and teaches us how to employ the methods of curanderismo to clear, heal, and revitalize Erica has a way of bringing everything to life with tremendous vitality and joy. I am delighted to welcome to Spirit of the Dawn, Erica Buenaflor. Erica, thank you so much for joining with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Carolyn. I'm really, really grateful. I'm really excited about right now, today. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. So am I, so am I. Erica, there's the pre-accident Erica and the post-accident Erica. <laughs> and, um, and, and you needed all the pre-accident pre stuff to become the post-accident post Erica. Please, what was your life like before your accident? Well, before my accident, um, you know, it was really interesting because there was there was a certain indication that I knew that something was going to be happening. You know, that I knew that, that, that something was going to be, I was still very much on the path. I had been a mentor for, as a curandera for, for about seven years at that point. So I had been working already with other, uh, with, with another curandera and a curandero and also other healers as well. So, um, you know, I was, I was living two lives though, very much, you know, I was an attorney and then I was a curandera mentee and I was teaching some classes here and there. I was seeing people here and there, but I was, I was kind of like dipping my, my, my toe, so to speak here and there. And, and the universe was like, come on, come on. <laughs> so. Um, I was very much treating my practice as a hobby. I think that was the big distinction. I was treating it as a hobby. I wasn't treating it as something that I am something. And I knew it was something that was very much a part of me, something that's a part of my heart, something that I love. It's just something that I've always been doing intuitively um, and always been guided to. Um, and I was, I was, I think a part of me was trying to find a way at that time. So I knew I couldn't shut it off anymore. <laughs> so um, I think for a little while, you know, it was like kind of like shut off. And then it was like waking up and it was like, oh, okay, how am I going to work with this? It's like, it was just turning on and turning on. And um, so when my accident happened, 
all that is, is just, I just forced myself, basically everything that was also joined me too and, and forced me to slow down. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Your accident's amazing. It's, it's really ama- amazing. Certainly not actually probably an accident. Now, can you tell us, <laughs> tell, please share with us what actually happened? Well, you know, it was, it was really interesting because prior to that point, um, some, some I had a, a group of, of girlfriends that we used to go around the world and travel to different places, and we would activate crystalline grits in the Earth's grits. And, um, you know, and we went to Kauai, we went to Sedona, different places. And we worked with the Earth's grits to heal her, to help cleanse her. And I had a dream I was going to be going to work for a work convention to go to Red Rock Canyon over to to Vegas. And I had a calling to go there to go to the Red Rock Canyons and work with that area. And I saw a grid there, a grid system that really needed some clearing. And that morning when I woke up from the dream, I also had another vision. I was carrying, I had a, you know, I had a plate in my hand and I had a cup. I was walking to the kitchen. I was about ready, getting ready for work. And I saw a vision of myself in a wheelchair. Wow. And I knew that was going to be me. I knew it. I knew that was going to be me. And I got down, I I dropped all my plates. I just got down on my knees. I was like, God, please, no like that, not like that, please. I'll, you know, but I knew that was going to be me. I knew that that was going to be happening. And and it was very interesting because um, I waited until the very last day before I was going to leave to go to the Red Rock Canyon. And when I went, I, um, I, had, I had just an amazing experience. I, I felt like minutes went, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes went by. It was, didn't feel like that long, but hours went by. And um, I looked at my, I looked at, you know, I looked at my, my, my clock, my, 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 my phone, and I just said, oh, my God, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. I'm going to miss my flight. So I jumped up, and I didn't ground myself. Wow. From a very deep, deep journey, you know, because I was going into the grids, I was clearing things. I was just, I just, I, I journeyed and I worked with the earth and I jumped up and I didn't ground myself. And that resulted in my fall. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. And I had, um, I had just some amazing experiences because I, I I had one, I, I remember this too. And it was, it was, a, the memories were coming back to me when I was in the hospital too. Cause I remember what one point and I was saying things that I was saying things from like example, from the Bible that I had never really read <laughs> <laughs> until I actually got a master's and I taught a class, um, on introduction to, uh, to the Bible. And it was more, it was secular. It wasn't like a religious kind of course. It was a secular understanding of the history and the development of the Bible. Um, and I remember when I was falling, I remember seeing myself in one dream and I remember looking up and seeing this gentleman who looked like a native American, um, person, but he didn't have the face of a person. And I just was like, but it wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. And he didn't speak to me, but I remember him. I remember knowing that he was doing something. He was adjusting me so I wouldn't hit my neck. Because it was very interesting. I had a skull fracture, brain hemorrhage, and my left eye dislocated 
So it turned in such a way and my vertebrae is fractured, but I didn't, I didn't hurt my neck. I didn't hurt my vertebrae. So I didn't, cause I could have wound up paralyzed, you know? And, um, and I remember falling and I remember one in one dream that I had that I went through this trident and I was, I wound up and I was in this table and, and, and this beings were, it wasn't scary. It was all beautiful. I felt just really beautiful and just crested and light. Right. And all these beings were around me and they were looking at me and they were, they told me that my comp contract was complete. They said, you know, your, your contract isn't complete. You're, you're, you're done if you, if you like, you know, and I remember, and I distinctly remember this part. It was like going in and out of consciousness too. And I remember this part too. Like I was having flashes of what, what had happened. And I remember, and I got up and I said, oh no, I'm not done. <laughs> I just begun. <laughs> And that's that is funny. when I remember being in the in being airlifted out by a helicopter. Yeah, you know, the, and the, right. yeah, from the side of the it's a cliff, right? I mean, yeah, it was it was a, it was it was a canyon. It was it was a canyon. At, yeah, the, the doctors estimated it was at least over thirty feet, just because my the bones came out of my heel, you know, wow. from the impact. Oh yeah, you you uh, broke a lot of bones. Erica, what was going on with you? Did you feel sorry for yourself or were you power woman? Where did you go with it? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm so impressed with you. And it's like, you know, oh, wow. You know, what, were, what, were, what on all the different levels, what were you thinking and experiencing? You know, um, I remember the first day, like the first, it was like the first day or two. It was like, I, I realized that I had to step into my power because I was getting a lot of dire, dire diagnosis throughout the, throughout the days and weeks too, you know, not just those days too, but I remember just continuously knowing that I had to step into my power and choose my reality because if I didn't choose, I was, you know, I was, I was going to wind up handicapped the rest of my life. You know, or I was, I was going to be in pain because they told me I wasn't going to be able to walk again. I'd be in pain the rest of my life. And I just said, I just remember thinking to myself, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> wow. It's such a wonderful uh, story. And it's your story. It's a beautiful one. And it's inspirational. And it's, uh, I think all of us have had some sort of challenge, but you really chose, you chose a really, you know, <laughs> One that everyone would notice. <laughs> okay, well, that, that sounds like you, though. Um, <laughs> and now, you now need to apply your uh, healing gifts and on yourself. And uh, what was that like? Um, who was helping you, and how did you do this? You know, it was... Um it was a really interesting process because it was a lot of trusting. It was a lot of trusting and, and I knew a lot of the things. My, 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 you know, my mentors taught me a lot of things at that point. So I knew how to work with acupressure points because I worked with a sobadera who, um, they work with their hands. They're, it's, it's not massage, it's like a shaman, like a shaman doing a massage on you because it's an energy clearing. And it's acupressure points and working with you and clearing traumas from your um, 
physical and cellular body, all of your art, all of your subtle bodies, right? Um, your energetic bodies. So I knew how to use um, acupressure points. And I knew what herbs to use to help to um, manage the pain, to make sure my muscles wouldn't go into atrophy, and um, also to to really allow myself to trust my intuition. You know, because at that point I became um, I became a beacon for. I mean, you know, I, I was just, I became a beacon of like, I, I was getting flooded with dreams and all these, you know, angels and masters started coming to me and telling me and, and other shamans were working with me, mm-hmm. you know, working me and, and, and teaching me. And, 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 and it was really, um, and I was stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> I was so stubborn in that process. Um, you know, it was, um, it was really interesting because in, in one um, and one, cause I was, I was making oils too for myself, you know, oils to help to massage and clear my pain. Cause my, my, cause there were times where I would put my, my feet down, couldn't be down for a long time. My, my feet would be like potatoes. You know, I, it's like, I, I was making a lot of the oils too, to make sure that even when I did start walking that I would be okay. Cause I didn't walk for almost a year, you know? So when I was making one of the oils, I remember I was working, um, and I was, I was told that, and I was making this blend, and I was told that I had to put honey in an oil. And I, I had a reaction. I said, I'm not putting honey in an oil. That's ridiculous, you know? And it was really funny, because I was still, I was, it was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm not that stubborn anymore. And it was really interesting, because <laughs> I went and I, I went to uh, one of my mentors, uh, Malina, who was my second set of mentors. And I think at that time, she was like, yeah, you know, she, she was had it kind of, up to here kind of with me because I was I was still stubborn at that point. And this is after my act, like I was already walking and everything. And um and uh she she told me, she's like, um, I'm gonna send you to Don Fernando. You know, this is all you know so I went to Don Fernando, who was one of my other mentors, and he had me do a limpia and he he said, Okay, after you do the limpia, put honey all over yourself. And I was like, wait, wait, what, honey? He said, yes, honey. And then it came to me. And then I said, so what did I did? And I asked him, so what is this thing with honey? And he started telling me, he's like, well, you know, that's actually a tradition that might have been used for hundreds of years. In ceremonies, you know, we off, we leave offerings of honey. And it clears away and it brings in good fortune. And then that's when I got chills all over my body. And I said, oh, that's why. And, and I heard in my back of my mind, the land of milk and honey. And I just thought to myself, oh, <laughs> so I went and I put honey in the oil. <laughs> okay. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. So, yeah. So it was a combination of physical teachers and my dream teachers and intuitive guidance. Yeah. Know? When, yes. When you work with the plants, are you also working with the spirit of the plants? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's so much I want to ask you and talk about. (laughs) Um, There's something other than you being rather stubborn and ridiculously joyful person. You are also a scholar. You (laughs) are a scholar. And that is something you cannot get away from. You really do have a scholarly interest. And scholars want information. They want knowledge. They want to know things. They want to collect 
knowledge. And um, that runs through you very deeply, which is how you were able to write this beautiful book. Um, tell us about the scholar in you. Well, the scholar in me. Um, okay. Those, you know, and the spiritual and the scholar, they're very much inter, inter, you know, intertwined, of course, right? Um, I knew I was on the right path when I had my, one of my first classes at UCLA in Chicano Studies. Um, and I was taking it and one of my professors bought a, a, a map of Tenochtitlan, which was the capital of the Mexica, you know, the Aztec that I, that I focus on in my book. You know, it's one of the, the principal groups that I focus on in my group. And he passed it around and he didn't say anything about the map. He said, okay, class, look at the map and tell me what you can tell me about the people. Just by the map. And something happened, Caroline, where I had a, like a flash of white light in my third eye went on. And I remembered. I remembered why we put plants in certain areas. I remembered that this was the calendar. I Because re I, I was looking at the calendar as the, as the map. I was remembering why we put buildings in certain areas and why they were aligned with the planets. I was, it was just, I started remembering glyphs. It was like, and I was like, and, and, and this has never happened to me in my life. I was like, okay, what just happened? <laughs> what, what just happened here? You know? And I, I was, I wanted to know. So it was a part of me that I wanted to understand me. And there was a part of me too, that I, I want, and there was various levels too, because, um, you know, in Mexico, although, you know, you have Dega Rivera and you have all these beautiful murals that really, um, really have this quintessential ideas of, of, of indigenous people, um, in reality, they're not very, um, they're not treated very well. Mm. You know, it's like, they're, it's like, oh, they're, it's, it's something that it's an idea. You know, like we have this great past, but you go to the to the the people themselves. They don't have they don't live very well. So I and I and I saw this growing up too. When I would go to the border, I saw a lot of the the Tarumara Indians, you know, begging at the border, and I saw this disconnect. You know that those are those are the those people that are that are backwards kind of thing. You know, like kind of like identified by some other people that way, and um, it was a part of me too. And I and also when I came here to this country. I, I was told it's like, you know, my, my, I had, I couldn't be Mexican. Now it's okay. Now it's like being, speaking Spanish is a good thing, you know, but back then it wasn't, it was still early on, you know? So it was a part of a soul retrieval too, of getting, it's been part of like getting pieces of myself, understanding our history, understanding where we came from and also sharing that information. Cause there are so many. And when I do my book signing, I mean, 80% of the people, it's, it's the Latinx population, and they're just thanking me for bringing, they're crying, they're, they're like in tears and thanking me for, for presenting their history, our history, you know, because they're, they're just like, it's, it's been lost, and, and presenting it in a way that isn't just about, you know, about the, the darkness or things about like the sacrifice, because I'm like, we did a lot of other things in that, you know, and that was one part of a government doing something that not everybody agreed with, you know? <laughs> it's like saying the U.S., like, we're all responsible for what, what certain parts of the government are doing around the world. You know, not all Americans are like that. You know, we're not. So it's... <laughs> I totally understand. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
This is all fascinating. The Carandarismo tradition is eclectic. You have taught me that. What, what does it encompass? So um, Curanderismo, it is, um, it's, it's, it's very eclectic in the sense that it has uh, Catholic, Catholic beliefs, you know, philosophies, um, a Christian as well, because it's Judeo-Christian when I say Christian, Judeo-Christian, because there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of Jewish, uh, actually we've integrated a lot of Jewish because there were a lot of um, Jewish people when they came and they, they settled in Mexico too. Um, so we, we have a lot of, a lot of those traditions as well as Caribbean it has uh, Moorish practices. We have some African influences. Um, and at its core, curanderismo, its, its roots are from the indigenous peoples of the Americas. And that would that include North America also? And I mean, well, Mexico is North America, but I mean more, oh, I live in Oregon. You know, would it include, you know, areas, other areas of? Um, yes. It does. Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So I d didn't mention, so when I say indigenous peoples, yes, I definitely include them as well. Definitely. Wow. They, there's, um, and, and, uh, Carl Tov, who's, uh, one of the, my professors at UCR, he writes a lot about, um, a lot of the, the similarities in the Olmec and the Tihuatihuacan and, you know, the Pueblo Indians. It's just, and you see a lot of, I mean, they're, they're, they're different. You can't say it's all the same, of course, you know, cause that would be essentializing them, but you can see, some underlying belief systems there. You know, you can trace some stories there and some understanding there. So yes, we definitely have learned from one another. That's beautiful. Um, as a healer myself, I was just so into all the things you're, that you're teaching and bringing forth because it touches me that there's a part of me I haven't been really paying attention to also. <laughs> and, um, I had mentioned to you earlier that uh, I'm excited about all of this on a very deep, but on a personal level also. Um, okay, now you're gonna have to help me. I would love to start um, working with some of the information that's in the book, and you're gonna need to define and help me with um, understanding platicas. 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 So Platica is their heart straightening talks. And um, it comes from a tradition that the understanding that when we're sharing a story that has some um, heavy energy, you know, maybe there was, <clears throat> there was something that happened that was difficult, that when the, the shaman or the curandera or the curandero uh, is talking, is, is speaking with the, with the person, they're holding space to transmute that energy, to clear that energy. And, you know, we always do that. We're just not um, always cognizant that we're doing that. It's like, you know, a lot of people, I, um, and I share this story, I shared the story um, the other day. It was, it was really, really sweet. I had a client about a month ago share with me. She said, you know, Erica, I'm going to have to get new friends. And I said, oh my goodness, why, honey? Why are you going to have to get new friends? And she said, because they're always dumping on me. You know, everyone's always dumping on me. And, and then afterwards, you know, they, they dump on me and then I feel tired afterwards. And I said, honey, instead of thinking about getting new friends, why don't you ask them? It's like, you know, I, I'd love to help you. Would you consider maybe treating me for a massage as I help you clear this energy? Because that's what you're doing for them. You know, you're, you're, you're clearing. And, and, you know, and sometimes we do that for our family members and we're clearing that energy. But And it's really important that we're aware that we're clearing that energy so we can do something afterwards to clear ourselves from that energy. You know, so. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> it's very important. Um, so many healers just collect everyone's stuff and they feel exhausted. They become ill and they haven't learned what they need to do, be doing with that energy. Correct. Yes. 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 Very so, important. Yeah. So, you, I'm yeah, sorry, go on. No, I, I want to keep hearing what you have to say. Please go ahead. Um, so I was just going to share that the platicas, um, it come, you know, it's, 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 it's drawn from a tradition. You know, it's really interesting. Um, the Maya and the Mexica, like, for example, if there was a plague or famine or something was wrong, they would have everybody, all the people get out on the street and start doing platicas. And the shaman would come around and cleanse everybody, you know? Because <laughs> they thought that, that was going to help clear, and it, they believe that's what they would wrote, write down, that it was going to clear any of the famines, anything that would happen that would disturb it. They also did this cyclically, too, for their calendars. You know, uh, for the Feast of Toshkarl, it's what they did. They had everybody in the, the whole entire Aztec empire. So we're talking about thousands of people out on the street doing platicas, talking, saying what they had done about their transgressions, releasing that energy. You know, the shaman going around and transmuting that energy. Wow, that's really lovely. And there are other traditions that have similar holidays. It's fascinating. Um, does tobacco figure in with the platicas? Yes. Um, tobacco, tobacco um, I personally use, I mean, a lot of, of uh, curanderas, we, uh, we use tobacco in different ways. Curanderas, we use uh, tobacco in various different ways. I use tobacco usually in the form of a, a puro, which is a cigar like a form of a cigar, it's less mm -hmm. tobacco, and I cleanse the person with it after the platica. That's what I was imagining, yes. Uh, we grow our own tobacco, so... Oh! Yeah, it's the most beautiful plant in the entire world. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, amazing. Um, and I, now I know more things that I can be doing with it also, where you roll it up, right? Like, is it several leaves rolled together? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. Um, now, the limpias. Now, limpias are different than the platicas, or just similar? So, limpias are the big umbrella, right? Limpias, they're shamanic cleanses. At the same time, when we think of shamanic cleanses, and I encourage people to do this, is that it's not just talking about, like, clearing energy. We're talking about manifesting something. We're talking about rebirthing, growing something making space for something, um, changing something, shifting something. It's, um, it's everything. So uh, a platica is, uh, is a limpia. Okay, that makes sense. Great. Now, um, there's different kind of limpias and fire. Now, I, I like that one excited me. I, fire, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the fire one. Definitely. Yes. That's, that's kind of my... Uh, I guess I'm a fire sign or fire is my thing, all that energy. So I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> fire signs, we get along. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, then let's uh, explore fire. Uh, well, fire. You know, um, it's, it was used, it, fire has been used as a way it's still used. And this is something, you know, this, this, all these beliefs, they come from the ancient and they're still being used to today that we, we, we treat fire. We approach fire as a spirit, right? That it's a conduit 
that it's a bridge. It can serve as a bridge. It can serve as a way of divination to tell us insight about what is going on in a situation, what will happen in a situation. Um, it's also a way fire can be used to cleanse our tools. You know, we can we can just very gently, we can prepare a fire uh, with and, and offer some flowers, um, uh, you know, dry flowers and some dry herbs and um, some Epsom salt or, you know, some other gifts and tobacco as well. And we could just very gently put the tool over the fire to cleanse it, right? And um, we can also use fire to, to give our buildings a birthday, to give our house a birthday or to cleanse our, our, our houses, our living space, to cleanse us, to help to bring a situation in. Um, it's so multi purpose and, and multivaried in purpose and, and way to use it. Um, it's such a wonderful gift to us. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Would you like something specific about the fire? <laughs> no, no, that is, no, that's great. I, you know, it, um, I have in my notes transformation and renewal. So it's the, the fire is very, um, cleaning. So when someone comes to you, one of your clients and they come to you, um, how do you decide, is it just all intuitive or because you're so experienced, how do you decide what collection of, of, uh, healing methods are you're going to use? A lot of the times, intuitive and by practice, too. You know, of course. And also from what I've learned, and it just, it, it's just a combination of different things, right? Um, you know, yesterday I had a, I had a session with, with a beautiful couple who, usually I don't see people together. I see them separately. But this couple, it was both, they, they were together, and it was both of their birthdays. Hmm, that's unusual. Yeah, and, and they just were like, you know, Eric, we really want to see you together. And I was like, okay, you know, so, you know, I got them to talk. And one of the things that really came forward was fire. We did a fire ceremony, you know, where we had them and I explained the purpose of the fire. And it was really beautiful because I had them, you know, offer flowers into the fire. And, um, and I felt it was necessary because there were some things that were because they both they they both identified some blocks, so the blocks will help to transmute those blocks, right? That let me know because they both identified blocks. Because that's what blocks, that's what the fire does. It transmutes. You know, you can think of it like, um, you know, it changes something to ash. It changes something to a lighter substance, right? So it's transmuting something, right? So they both mentioned that they were, they were experiencing blocks in personal areas of their life, and that they also mentioned blocks as a couple. So they had, I had them do a fire to state something individually, and then I had them do a fire to do something for themselves of, of how they saw themselves as a couple and what they wanted to, to shift and what they want to grow into. And it was just a beautiful ceremony, you know, because they were, that's, that's usually the indication. So um, to transmute blocks, to manifest something, there's certain indications of that. And I thought it was just a perfect beautiful way to to have them both involved in the in the in the session <laughs> uh, that's a great story I like that story a lot uh, water is a very different energy that a lot of people connect with very deeply mm -hmm. um, water is very different from fire um, <laughs> so um, let's talk about how you use water and the the actual nature of water and what its gift is 
So water, water also purifies and it purifies us and situations um, and our items in a very different way, right? Because um, it's also a carrier of energy too, right? And it also can, can um, become that energy of whatever intention that you put into that water, right? Um, as uh, Dr. Emoto showed us with his experience with, experiments with water showing that, you know, our intentions, it, it changes the, uh, it can change the molecular structure of the water, right? So water, water, it helps us to go into, it's, it's a rebirthing. You, know, you can think of it too as like, you know, you look at nature, how we come into, we come into, you know, our, our mother's womb where we're in this water, you know, in this womb, we're in this water, right? And that's something that also the Mesoamerican did that after the baby came out of the womb, it was, they, they bathed us in water. You know, they put water in us, they, they bathe us. So it's something that it's thought of like a new beginning. When you want something that is new, when you're ready for a new start, um, it's something that indicates a rebirth as well. So that's, that's, and they, 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 they're, they're subtle nuances, but they're, they're sometimes they're very subtle, but they're, they, there are some nuances between the elements and what you use. And I usually advise people um, to do, for example, uh, baños, which are spiritual baths. Um, and and that, that includes working with herbs and working with different items and putting, you know, once they have been brewed, putting that, the, uh, the tea of that, the end result of that into the tea, into to a tub and um, taking a bath with it and maybe saying some, some invocations or some prayers. And I, I indicate when that, that needs to happen when they do need a rebirth. Like for example, if they've had like, maybe they've been having really stuck in their mind, they've really been stuck with limiting profiles and they need to shift out of that. It's so I feel that, yeah. I'm sorry, it's, go ahead. No, it's just so cleansing and magical. Um, one of the things that you write about and talk about is using the things that you have already. Look around whatever land you have, if you have a small piece or a large piece. I always, I guess I was taught early on, what's in your backyard is just what you need. <laughs> so um, let's talk about what would most people find in their backyard? Well, most, well one thing that we're like, on the subject of water, yeah. You know, one of the things that we, because we, that's, that's the thing, it's that the um, Mesoamerican peoples, that, and still to this day, it's not something that is ancient, is um, we're very mindful. We're very mindful, you know, when we go in the shower, we connect with the water. I connect with the water. You know, we thank the water for cleansing us. So it's not just in our backyard, it's like in our house. Right, right. In our house is, that is Olympia every day. It can be Olympia. You know, it's like when we think about it, like, I know when I get out of the shower, I feel great. I'm like, woo. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 you know, going in and approaching what you have around you in a very mindful way and not treating it as an inanimate object, like water, that's an inanimate object, but treating it as water has a spirit. Water has many gifts that can cleanse us. And, you know, um, and I feel that a lot of us too, that society, this Western society, there's a huge majority of people that are depressed and are taking antidepressants because there's, you know, and, and when a lot of people, they come to me, this, this disconnection, this depression, one of the things that I encourage them to do is to start connecting with the elements, to start connecting and to start leaving offerings to, and about a month later, they start shifting. 
months, you know, I have people that I've been working, they're like, they are now rainbows pouring out of their heart <laughs> when they were coming to me and they were telling me that they were ready to go. Right, right. You know, it's, it's, it's the things that we have, like even weeds, even weeds, you know, making tinctures with them, dandelions, you know, um, so many different things, you know, the people think like, oh, that's a weed. What do I need with that? No, it's, it, it has the gifts. It has gifts. It has a clearing gifts. It actually is really good for sore throats too, you know, making tinctures with it as well. You know, it's, it's the elements that we have all around us, the plants, and even in the morning too, the dew that's on, that's on the leaves in the morning when we wake up. That is considered holy water by the Maya. You know, it's called eats. It's called magical water. And taking a bath with just a couple of leaves, a couple of those leaves, taking a bath with them, or like putting them on your face, that is said to bless you and give you great fortune for that day. You know, it's, it's, it's the magic, the beauty, and the love. It's, it's all around us. It's just a matter of being able to connect with it and, and opening up to it and not treating it as like, that's a thing. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely. I, I love this because so many of us, well, so people like me, we, we know we need to connect more to bring more joy in our lives, to be more, oh, I don't know, more ourselves, our true selves. And uh, I love talking about all these things because I have a beautiful garden. There's tobacco growing. There's all these plants. And I'm looking forward to going there this afternoon and regaining that connection that I know that I have, but I ignore. And I think it's really important message that you're sharing. Don't ignore the connection. Keep, you know, feeding that connection. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's more. Let's see. Sweeping. I think I love that one because I'd never thought of that at all. <laughs> that idea of making room for when someone knows that they're ready for change and yeah. clearing things. Um, I recently cut my hair, which was me making room for that. And there's, we do it, but consciously doing it, it sounds really amazing. Yes. Oh. Yes. Um, you know, in, in, in our ceremonies, in our Olympia ceremonies, in a session, it's, it's a ceremony, you know, we call them ceremonies, or it's not just a session, it's a ceremony, right? Um, sweeping the way is done at a time, you know, I do, and that's when I do the Olympia, when I do, when I do either with, with herbs, or if I do it with a feather fan, or with a cigar, it's, it's all in a sense Olympia, because it's all, they're all intertwined in that way, because it's all clearing the way for something else. It's done at a time when a person says, yes, I am ready for a change. I am ready for something different. You know, so there, so now it's like, you know, um, sweeping the way for that, making a path for that. So there's an opening for that and things can be more graceful for us. I love that. Um, now, uh, sacred spaces, um, is this about spaces that we live in or is it more than that? Well, it is, it's about the spaces we live in. And it can also be used for our altars, you know, creating sacred spaces. It can be used for our offices, our business offices. It's any physical space. Okay. Any physical space and learning how to work with it to um, leave it with a certain energy signature and honor the, the spaces that we're living in because those spaces are involved in our well-being. 
you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people come to me when they, they're coming to me, they have insomnia or they're having problems sleeping. One of the first things I ask them was, when was the last time you cleansed your space? And they look at me that when I first present that, look, they haven't heard of me. <laughs> they, they look at me confused. They're like, what do you mean? What is that? What, what, why are you bringing that up? And I'm like, no, really? When's the last time you cleanse your space? And um, because, you know, they're, they're coming home with that energy and that energy is still there in their space. It hasn't been cleansed. It has to be cleansed. It has to be cleared out of the way. You know, so um, yeah, it has, it's an understanding that all of our physical space they also share a um, soul essence energy with us, you know? And um, yeah, so, so honoring those spaces and loving those spaces and treating them well so they can take care of us too. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And you make it so, um, so accessible, the information so accessible. And I appreciate that. There are so many ways people can work with you. You have a beautiful website, realizeyourbliss.com. Great name. Absolutely beautiful. Um, there are really wonderful online courses that you offer there. There's your beautiful book, Cleansing Rites of Paranderismo. Uh, here it is. <laughs> and uh, also... I'd like to talk about the retreats that you do with your husband. The retreats we do. Um, well, the retreats that we do, they are very transformative. Um, we go to, we, we have different things. We entertain different things. And they're, they're actually reserved for people that we have worked with because we really like to encourage a community feel, you know, that everybody um, already starts getting to know. So it's going in deeper. And we connect, we do ceremonies at the sites and uh, we connect because every site has a different gift, has a different signature, has a different story. We go, for example, to Sibichaltun, which is one of the oldest Maya cities, right? And it has a cenote called Cenote Shlaka. This Cenote Shlaka has sacred water. And when, uh, you know, we do ceremonies too, and, you know, when we're at, at, at the space and we're constantly in ceremony, the whole, you're in 24 seven ceremony. <laughs> so after you just had like all this clearing, you're ready to go in there and it's sacred water and you go in there and something happens. You start waking up like that inner child starts coming out. You know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's like you literally, you're getting a big hug with love. And um, the Temple of the Dolls that is there, the Maya constructed the, 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 the building so it could garner the energies of the equinox. And the equinox energies, they're serpent energies. They're solar serpent energies. And there's meaning upon meaning upon meaning with you know the, 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 the whole understanding of what was Kukulkan, what was Quetzalcoatl, um, you know, because simply it was also a bridge between heaven and earth, you know, the feathered serpent was a bridge, actually as a bridge, and it was also an activation of our DNA. So we're going in there and we're also activating our DNA as well. You know, we're, we're going in there with that intention of realizing our full potential, who we are. And uh, we also go in, the, 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 the energy of the building there, the buildings there at Sibichatun has a real energy of going into the underworld. You know, because you have the East, on the one side with, with the, the Temple of the Dolls, and you have at the far west, the, the cenote, the cenote shlaka. 
the Santa Shlaka was the underworld. That was understood as like a bridge. It could be a bridge to the underworld, right? So we're going in and we're honoring, of course, the South, the discovery and understanding, and we're going into our own underworld, our inner world. You know, our, our, what a lot of people, what we call shadow aspects, right? And, you know, coming in and, and what I believe is, is not necessarily tell them like, oh, you know, you're bad, you're going to do this, is, is trying to approach these things of like understanding ourselves and approaching things with strong love and a discipline and strong love, right? So it's, it's the energies and tapping in into this underworld. And we also go to Mayapan. Mayapan, which is, it's, it's a smaller version of Chichen Itza. And it's so awesome because we have a whole place to ourselves usually. This last time, it was really beautiful. They actually, this gentleman was actually doing an engagement, a shamanic ceremony there at the site. So I had a couple of my group like tearing up. They were crying, watching there. You know, it was with the conjure. It was really beautiful. And uh, the energy that is also there it's also going in because uh, we also get to climb up the temple and we're going up the temple and we're connecting to our ancestors. We go into the observatory there and we connect with our ancestors. And there's also Sanota there to continue going deeper into our underworld and going into the south. So we connect to all of the elements of the building and what the energy stood for. Because the energy is still there. It's still very much alive. You know, and we're using that to go on a journey within ourselves. You know, so and, and we have people, we do offerings there at the sites and um, and we also go to Chichen Itza and that has a strong energy. We has many energies there too and we really use it to facilitate, to tap into the East, new beginnings. Because there on the equinox, we see the serpent, you know, whether permitted, um, you know, whether we see it or not, we're, we're getting that energy, right? The uh, Maya constructed, so you can see a shadow play of a serpent coming down the stairs of this enormous, this enormous temple of Kukulkan. You know, the temple, it's called El Castillo too, and it's an enormous temple. And we, we all go around there and we chant and we're singing and we're playing our battles as the serpent is coming down. We're receiving these energies and we're, we're focusing too on what are our new beginnings. After this amazing journey, this transformative journey um, where we've been, you know, feeding our body with good organic, really good food, where are we going to go after we come back with this? And, you know, we also have, because we also do a lot of, um, I'm telling you, there's a lot there. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm eating up every little bit of it. I, I, I love it. It's beautiful. And I know that you recently just came back from one. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like very alive in you right now. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I really, the, I, don't want you to go until we talk about, you have another book coming out. I mean, yes. that is so amazing. So um, it's a scholarly look, I'm imagining. It's soul retrievals. <laughs> so what is the title for, for the new book? It's Curanderismo Soul Retrieval. Okay. Okay. And um, I, so I get to have you back. That comes out next spring, spring of 2019. Yes, yes, so I would love to have you back. We have had a delightful time talking with Kurandera and shaman Erica Buenaflor about her new book, Cleansing Rites of Kuranderismo. I invite everyone to visit Erica's beautiful website, realizeyourbliss.com, to learn more about her work and her many offerings. Erica, I am hoping that you can share some closing words of wisdom with all of us today. I would really just like to love to encourage people to follow their heart, 
follow their heart and to know that discovery of who we are, that's a process. And to be okay with not knowing, to be okay with the process of discovering what we love, who we are, what we enjoy, and how we're gonna make it happen and always be open to the universe surprising us and being open to the ideal. Oh, that, that was tremendously beautiful, Erica. Thank you so much for being on Spirit of the Dawn. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you. Deep gratitude to Brian, Zach, and Synergy for the use of their song, Embrace the Change. I thank all of you for joining with us today and invite you to visit spiritofthedawn.com for more inspirational videos. Sending love from my home to yours. I am Pleiadian Emissary of Life, Caroline Walker.